What's up, everybody? My name is Lola Bunny. I will be your host. Welcome to the first ever episode of My Normal Isn't Yours. This podcast is all about dealing with mental health issues in the urban community because it's something that is not dealt with in the urban community. I feel like mental health is just swept under the rug. People pretend like it's not there, like it's not happening, and it is. And this podcast is really going to touch on those issues, what it's like to struggle every day, what it's like to go through things and have a mental health issue and try to navigate the urban community and what it's like and try to find people who are on the same wavelength as you and try to find people who are also accepting that maybe they have some trauma in their life and they have some mental health issues and they've got some things that they got to work on and it's very very hard within the urban setting to find people like that because everybody's pretending that it's not going on everybody's pretending like they weren't traumatized everybody's pretending like they don't have mental health issues so I just want to put everything on the board I want to be honest I want to say my name is Lola Bunny I have mental health issues I have borderline personality disorder i suffer from bulimia and i'm bipolar so i kind of got a triple threat going on and it can be very hard and my life can be very daunting and my relationships can be very strained because it's hard when you're dealing with a partner who doesn't want to accept mental health or has mental health issues and doesn't want to deal with them it can be a very difficult situation and i really want this podcast to offer support to other people who are going through it to know that they're not alone to know that they can get through it, to know that they can talk to somebody about it, to know that there is somebody who's willing to be real and raw and unfiltered and just say, yeah, this is what it is. This is what my life is like. This is how hard it can be sometimes. So thank you so much for tuning in. Let's jump right in into it. Um, I just want to give you guys a little introduction of me, tell you a little bit about myself, my story, um, what I think gives me the abilities, the tools, and the skills to kind of host this podcast and really reach out to people. And I'm just glad you guys are here and you joined in and you tuned in and you're listening. So let's go. I think that this is going to be the hardest part of the podcast to record. I think of every other thing and every other part, this is going to be the hardest part. Because this is going to be the part where I'm going to have to be vulnerable. And I'm going to have to put it all out there for everyone. And it's not an easy thing to do. I've grappled with it a lot. I've recorded, I've re-recorded, I've erased, I've deleted. I've gone back and forth in my head. It was definitely the hardest part for me to record because I knew if I was going to do it, I had to be honest. And I had to just say it exactly like it is from my perspective and I knew that in doing that I was going to be very vulnerable it'd be like standing in front of a room of a million people with no clothes on and you ate Cheetos all weekend you know it was not easy for me but um I finally got myself to a mental space where I said, okay, you know what, I can do this. And I can be honest and I can just tell my story without worrying about the judgment because the judgment's gonna come whether I tell my story or I don't tell my story. People talk about me. I seem to be a very popular human being. People like to talk about me. They like to talk about my life, my business, whatever. So for sure, regardless, I'm already being judged. So I think it's a chance also for me to kind of clear the air you know, put my side out there and say this is what it is. Um, I've been through a lot. I've been through two situations that I would say were very traumatic to my life, and they both changed who I was and I think who I will be forever. Um, and I think another hard part of this is where to begin, right? <laughs> 
how to say it. So I'm going to do it super corny and like it's AA or something. And I'm going to say, hi, my name is Lola, or at least I go by Lola Bunny. I'm 33 years old. Um, the mental health labels that I carry every day are borderline personality disorder, so BPD, bipolar, and I'm have an eating disorder. That's always the hardest one for me to mention. <laughs> um, some people don't even know what eating disorders are, so that's always a little bit crazy, um, especially like in the urban community. I, I tend to talk to African-American guys, and some of them are like, you're what? You have a who? They have no idea. <laughs> um, I'm a bulimic. I tend to be anorexic sometimes. It all depends on the day. I float between the two. Um, medically, they call that subjective bulimia. Um, I struggled with bulimia, I think, longer than I've struggled with any of the others. I think that the bulimia really brings out the bipolar and the borderline personality. Like, I probably always had those two underlying mental health issues, but they would never really were on the surface until the bulimia came out. Um, I developed bulimia when I was 16. I think the first time I ever threw up, it was September. I was 16. I can't remember what year it is. I don't want to do the math right now. Maybe 2001, 2002, something like that. I don't know. Um, I didn't know at the time, but I had been date raped over the summer prior to developing this eating disorder. And I firmly believe that in being date raped, there was a split of my conscious and subconscious memory and that allowed for the eating disorder to take hold. Um, that lack of control of being able to connect those two memories. Um, I think that my brain naturally went into survival mode and developed this eating disorder to cope with that psychological break between the two minds. Um, and I say that I didn't know because actually the girl who did it, so it was actually a girl who did rape me for two older guys to rape me. She ended up coming and telling my mom and my grandma in 2010, maybe, which is really weird, of course. Yeah, I know you're probably thinking, like, that's not true. And it's very true. I could get my mom to contest to it. Um, she, maybe I will in another podcast episode, but she showed up at my mother's house in a real fluster and just told them. And my mom called me, and it was just crazy. And I can remember I was out of town at the time, and I can remember sitting down and just, like, I'll never forget, like, that moment and how I felt. And it was, like, this conclusion, this closure, like, this Mack truck hitting you, but you are still alive and you're still walking. It was like you didn't even get scarred by it because it was like suddenly everything made sense, right? Like I, by this time I had battled bulimia for six or seven years. So it, it really kind of brought everything to a forefront where it was like, damn, so it makes sense now. Because I was never an unhappy, chunky girl. You know, boys still wanted to talk to me. I was going to McDonald's, not the gym. So the bulimia never really made sense to me. I never really got it. And so it was kind of like I finally got it. And that was a big eye-opener for me that, okay, maybe now I could beat it because I get it, which, of course, I didn't. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I've come to accept that bulimia is a lifelong battle that 
you don't stop battling, you're going to battle it forever. Because unlike other substances, you can't just remove food. You can't just say, I'm not going to eat, right? You got to find a way to do it in a healthy way. You got to retrain your brain. So although I haven't beat it, I think it still gave me a little one-up to say, okay, it wasn't about body image, even though now it is. So I can get back to that happy place, you know what I mean? And I think it was just to get the closure to know like I wasn't crazy. Um, there was always something about that night that was a little bit off, but I trusted this girl. This girl was like my big sister. She was my big sister's friend. So the idea of her date raping me just didn't make sense. You know, I thought maybe I just I, I just gave it up to the guy. Maybe I just drank too many beers and I ended up saying yes because the last thing I remembered was saying no. Was being like, no, like I'm not into you. I don't like you. You know, my people's like, it's weird. Like, don't talk to me. And then the next thing I knew, I woke up in the bed and I had just a bra on. And she was standing in the doorway too and it felt weird. But again, like I had so much trust that I didn't question it. So... I developed the bulimia, and then in my late 20s, I was diagnosed bipolar, borderline personality disorder. And when I read about those disorders, it was just like, ah, yeah, it makes sense. But I think who isn't bipolar nowadays? Who doesn't cycle through really happy or really depressed? It's hard not to in this world because this world is constantly going, and there's so many emotions thrown at you, and there's so many situations, and so much happens sometimes in one day that it's just astronomical. Um, but I think something that I've learned is that in the urban community and amongst my generation is there's not really a lot of acceptance or talk about mental health. You know what I mean? A lot of, I meet a lot of people in my own walk of life who I look at their tendencies and their behaviors and I'm like, damn, you got anorexia. And I mean, when you approach a subject to them, some of them don't even know what anorexia is. And then when you explain anorexia, they're like, yeah, shit, I think I do got anorexia. But it's so untalked about in the urban black community, especially the urban black community. I mean, the urban community as a whole, but the urban black community more so, I think, than any other community where it's just swept under the rug, you know? Like, um, I can remember mentioning <laughs> mental health and bipolar to somebody and them telling me that it's just that person's astrological sign. And it hit me, I was like, damn, you'd rather fucking blame this shit on astrology than acknowledge mental health issues within the family or within the community. And that's kind of scary, you know, because that's like a complete denial that anything is even happening. And when you get to that place, it's very scary because a lot of things can happen that you know why they're happening, but you're not accepting them because you don't want to accept mental health, you know, and that's just crazy. And then I've also noticed within my generation and within the urban community, a lot of people as we're getting older are starting to say, damn, I do have mental health issues. You know, I was just talking to a friend today and I was saying, yeah, I'm doing this podcast or whatever. And he was like, damn, I got mental health issues too. I got a lot of anxiety, you know, and I'm struggling through it. And, but I'm like, you know, you got to find somebody to talk to. And he's like, nah, damn, I just keep myself busy. And it's like, you know, it's, it's good to have a coping mechanism, but it's also good to get to the underlying root reason of why things are happening or why you feel how you feel, right? You can't always just keep denying things. 
you at some point you gotta address issues and i think it's very hard to take time for yourself you know i've done it before and i'm doing it now i just got out of a real unhealthy relationship so now i'm back to focusing on myself and it's hard to focus on yourself it's hard to shut the world out and just say okay there's got to be a reason why i am attracted to these unhealthy relationships there's got to be a reason why i stay in unhealthy relationships there's got to be something with me that i'm not addressing in myself that i'm not looking at or what i don't want to work on and so i'm just deflecting and i'm in these unhealthy relationships because i'm unhealthy and that's kind of the reality of unhealthy relationships and so taking time for myself is hard and it's always been hard and I'm kind of scared to do it because I've done it before and I don't like to do it you know what I mean because it's a lot of reflecting and writing and things that you know maybe people will say are not important but they are important but they're hard to do you know like I've been writing in a journal and I've, I've ripped out so many pages today because I'm so hard on myself and judgmental on myself that I can't even write a journal entry but that's because in our community, mental health is so unchecked that I don't really have anybody that I can talk to my mental health problems with, who just is kind of like an ear, or doesn't try to give you a solution, or doesn't try to diminish it or make you feel bad about it, you know? It can be very, very difficult to deal with. And so I made this podcast hoping that I can touch or reach people or kind of just let people know they're not alone. But it's a hard thing to do because it requires so much vulnerability. And you hope that it's received well, but I can't be in control of how it's received. You know what I mean? It's a way, it's like a point at your mental health issues because my mental health issues are all based over control. So the fact that I'm out of control when I do something like this, it makes my mental health issues even harder. It's a double-ended sword, you know what I mean? But that's a little bit about me and my background. And I think as we do the podcast, you'll learn more and more about me. And I don't want to just say everything at once and just then what are we going to talk about later? What are we, how are we going to dissect things further on? You know what I mean? I would like things to come out organically. That was the one thing about doing this podcast is that I wanted it to be very organic. I wanted it to feel very organic. I didn't want it to feel... Um, like I forced it. I didn't want it to be lies. I didn't want it to be like, oh, hi, yeah, guys. And I'm pretending to be something that I'm not. Um, I didn't want to come across as a know-it-all. Um, I want to come across as just trying to be helpful. I'm hoping as I do the podcast, I'm going to have people who want to be guests who maybe want to talk about their mental health issues and how it affects their life and their relationships and you know, taking care of their business and what they got to do, you know, being a parent, being a worker, being a family member. Um, because I know for sure my mental health does affect all of those things. And it does make some things harder than others. Especially relationships. Especially if I get into a relationship with a person who has mental health issues and doesn't want to accept that they have mental health issues or maybe doesn't want to do the things that they need to do to control their mental health issues. Whether it be medication, um, cognitive behavioral therapy, therapy, you know, everybody needs something different, right? What works for one person isn't going to work for another person. I don't think everything is just by the book where you just go to the doctor and the doctor tells you what's wrong and they give you a magic pill. It doesn't work like that. I think it's a lot of hard work. I think it's a lot of um, 
it's a lot of introspective. You, you got to look at yourself. It's a lot of analyzing of your own life, of your own behavior, of your own choices, of your own actions. It requires you to kind of slow down. It requires you to look at all of the resources and all of the information and then make an educated decision for yourself about what it is that's going to work for you. Um, when I first started to deal with my eating disorder, I just let people tell me. And then after a while, I kind of took the reins and I was like, yo, nobody can tell me how to beat my bulimia. Only I can tell myself how to beat my bulimia. It's my bulimia. But when I took the rope like that, I knew I was taking on a responsibility that I have children. So because I have children, I have to always be trying to beat my bulimia. I can never, ever, ever let bulimia or mental health take control of my life because I got people who depend on me. So in that responsibility, I really, really started to become aware of myself, of my environment, of the people who I bring into my environment. And I started to become more actively involved in trying to consciously beat my bulimia and consciously stay on top of my bipolar and my borderline personality. You know, like I joke to people and I'm like, oh, I got multiple personalities. And they're like, oh yeah, it's so funny. I'm like, no, literally, I'm borderline personality disorder. I got multiple personalities. That's the only way that I can deal with life is by creating personalities to deal with situations. <laughs> That's how I deal with my borderline personality disorder, you know. I got the chicken, I got the personality who doesn't mind to be so sad and they can wallow in the sadness. And I got the personality that deals with the anger and I got the personality that deals with the relationship drama and the love drama. And that's how I cope, you know what I mean? But I know that I have to cope, I have to find a way. And I don't think that everybody is really conscious of that. You know, I, I, I see a lot of people around me go through things or struggle and I know that 95% of their issue is mental health issues and that's why they do the things that they do and they behave the way that they behave you know it's like some people like oh that person's just crazy and it's like no they're not crazy they have mental health issues you know it's the same reason when they be like oh that person's so gangster he's so tough no he has mental health issues there's deeper underlying reasons why people are behaving the way that they are behaving. It's their mental health issues and they're not acknowledging them or checking them or controlling them or trying to stay on top of them. And I think sometimes when you don't have anybody to talk to or you don't have anybody to tell you like, hey, maybe you have this or this or this or maybe you're struggling here, there, or there, then you don't know, you know? I think a lot of the problem in the urban community is real ignorance and not understanding. And I think some of it is ignorance by choice and some of it is ignorance by indoctrination and just the way that you were raised, the environments that you were raised with. You were raised by people who have mental health issues and never ever used the word mental health. <laughs> so that's not necessarily somebody's fault, right? But I think you get to an age and a point in your life where you gotta become responsible and accountable for all your decisions and all your behaviors. And I think if you don't really wanna look at mental health, then you'll never wanna be accountable of the behaviors because the behaviors are so bad, but they're so bad because you have mental health issues. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I really hope that this podcast helps 
people who are struggling with mental health issues to know that they are not alone and I can't say that enough. It was hard for me to record this segment. I don't think I'll record a segment that will be as hard as this one to record. Just to be like, okay, I'm Lola and I got bipolar, borderline personality and bulimia. Especially the bulimia. I hate to say the bulimia. And it's because the bulimia has affected my life so much. You know, I've lost teeth to bulimia. Um, I've lost friendships, you know. I, I had the person who I loved more than I've ever loved anybody in life tell me, like, yo, I would never have a kid with you until you got better. And I promise I will never forget that moment. I'll never forget being in his car, driving to his family's house. I will never forget, like, the way his car smelled. I'll never forget the way the weather was. I will never forget that moment as long as I live because it hurt. Because by that time, I already knew I'll never be bulimia. I just controlled it. You know what I mean? But to actually fully remove it from your life is very, 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 very difficult. And when you're bulimia and anorexic, it's like, damn, you just throw away bulimia and become anorexic. <laughs> That's what happens to me is I beat bulimia and become anorexic. <laughs> so I damned if I do, I damned if I don't. Um, and that hurt, and it was hard. And I think that... There's always a little bit of embarrassment and shame with the bulimia. <laughs> so, and especially when people have no idea what it is, and you gotta be like, uh, it means that you throw your food up. <laughs> it's just like an awkward moment for everybody involved, <laughs> you know? And it's um, not necessarily something that I like to tell people about myself. And um, I mean, when I was younger, I didn't mind because it was like dramatic effect. Like, oh, yeah, I'm bulimic, I'm special, and I'm old now. And so it's like, now that I'm old, it's like, it's embarrassing, it's shameful. And it's very hard for people to understand because the first thing they think is like, it's gross. And it is gross. So, but it doesn't stop me from doing it. (laughs) So um, there's definitely a lot of worry about judgment there. And so this segment was very hard to record, but... This segment is like the whole point of the podcast, right? It's like, in a way, this podcast is like therapy for me because I can really just talk and throw it out there. And at least if people are judging me, I don't know those people. I don't have to see those people. I don't even have to check the views or the comments on the stream, you know, on the podcast. So it's not necessarily something that I need to be aware of, but it's still definitely created um, some anxiety. And like I said, I recorded and deleted this this segment a lot of times, a lot. Um, I don't even think I could count how many times. And I really procrastinated on making this episode <laughs> because um, I knew it was going to be this hard for me to do. And I didn't want it to be this hard for me to do, but it is for mainly to talk about the bulimia and talk about why I'm bulimic, you know, like to say, okay, I was date raped. Like it's a very awkward thing. And it's like, most people don't even get to know that they were date raped, like 1 million percent for sure. And I know because the girl told my mom and that's the even more weird, weird part. You know what I mean? So, and I don't know why she told my mom. I don't know what possessed that girl that day to go to my mom's house, but I'll be forever be thankful that she did. Or else I would have went my whole life not knowing. And even though it was a horrible thing to have happened, 
I'm happy to know that it happened for sure. You know, I'm happy to know why the eating disorder set in. I'm happy to know that I can get back to being the girl that I was before this situation, even if it takes me the rest of my life. You know what I mean? I'll probably be like on my dying bed and be like, yeah, I finally people in here. <laughs> but um, I, for me, it's never been about when I get there. As long as I get there and I'm progressively trying to get there. Um, there was a big pause in my getting there like I was on a really good path and then I got in a relationship that I probably should never got into and that really kind of set me back but I learned a lot in being set back um about myself about the way I react to situations there's a type of personalities that I just can't be around um and it really made me realize like I need to do this podcast because it made me realize how much mental health issues are in the urban community, for sure, one million percent, and that are not addressed or talked about or looked at. You know, there were just some situations that happened that I was like, man, you've got a lot of mental health issues and you are not even willing to acknowledge half of them. And it kind of became a breaker for us, like a breaking point, that it was like, yo, fundamentally, we are so different, I could never be with you because I'm always constantly trying to control my mental health and you don't even want to acknowledge your mental health and I talked to a lot of people I realized that 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 personality is symbolic of the personality that I look for in men or that I talk to in men and I think it's because I want to play this savior like I can fix you and I can help you because I'm trying so hard to help myself and struggling that I just want to help anybody and that's what you know I was like you know what at least if I can do a podcast I can keep myself safe I'm not in an unhealthy relationship I'm not being deterred from my goals and my my motivation is not being stomped on but I'm still helping people and because I know that there is a lot of it in the urban community in my generation in that generation x y and z when I say my generation I'm referring to x y and z so there is a ton of it and I mean just now people are talking about like the drug use or whatever but they're not really talking about why they're doing these drugs like how many rap songs do you hear that say I got bipolar and I'm messed up. Yeah, that's why I take all these pills because I'm stressed out. Yeah, you don't hear it. Nobody is talking about it, but it's there. It's there. You know, even when you look at women who have these extreme body image issues and got to do these extreme things as body image, right? That's anxiety. That's anorexia. That's bulimia. That's women who are not comfortable in their own skin, right? That's women who, although it looks like they got a lot of self-esteem, have zero self-esteem. But because they're not acknowledging the underlying mental health issues, nobody wants to talk about it. You know, I, you can look at people in Hollywood all day and they're like, oh, you're anorexic, you're bulimic, you're anorexic, you're bulimic. And none of them come out really and say it. A few of them, but not a lot of them. It's so unacknowledged in the urban community, in the urban setting. And not just within the individual, within the individual, within the family within the community, within the media, within the music, within the movies, everywhere. It's all across the board. And yet mental health has such a big impact on our behavior, on our lives, on our families, on our communities. So I'm really hoping that this podcast helps people be able to talk about their mental health 
be able to talk about other people's mental health, be able to acknowledge mental health, to know that it's okay to acknowledge mental health. It's okay to feel vulnerable, to just do it. I felt very vulnerable recording this segment and finally I just did it. I just hit record and I did it. And I said, I'm not gonna look back. No matter what it turns out to be, I'm not gonna look back on this segment. You know, I'm not gonna edit it. I'm not gonna cut anything from it. I'm just gonna accept it as it is, as it came out, and I'm gonna run with it. And I'm gonna know that it was honest, it was real, it was unfiltered. And it's only in the beginning. And like I said, I want to, you know, explore my own mental health issues with you guys more, you know, the different titles or labels that I have, the different labels that there are, you know, how those labels break down, what they are. And, you know, I feel like organically I'll talk more about my traumas and my mental health and how they came to be and how I deal with them and how they affect my relationships. So I didn't want to just tell my whole story in a segment and bam, boom, it's over. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. But I at least wanted to open the door. I wanted to really put those labels out there because the labels I think are important. But when somebody sometimes slaps a label on you, it can be a bad thing. But I think with mental health, it can be a good thing because it can lead you in a direction to look at different things and read about them and learn about them and start to discover yourself. Because I do believe mental health is a personal journey. You can't go to a class or a doctor or any of those things and it just give you a magic pill. It's a combination of many things put together to help control and mitigate mental health in a person's life but it's a personal journey only you know what you need in your life to help you cope and deal with mental health and the first step in doing that is learning about mental health right how can you control it or mitigate it or um, understand it or overstand it if you don't even know what it is And so I think for myself, the label was helpful to point me in the direction to get the information that I needed to know. But then the label of bulimia, that label is a different label for me. And it's hard for me to wear that label because I feel like that label is um, for myself embarrassing because a lot of times when you say to people, I'm bulimic, they say, I don't know what it is. And they say, oh, I throw up my food. They say, gross. That's a hard moment. Or you say, I'm bulimic. They say, oh, isn't that where you throw up your food? And you say, yes. And they say, gross. (laughs) Either way, it's a hard moment for you. I think people respond to my other mental health issues differently than they respond to my eating disorder. Um, And so... The labels can be good and they can be bad, but I definitely think they point you in the right direction to get the information that you need. And that's another thing that this podcast is all about information and giving people information. And I'm going to make sure that my email and my contact information is easily obtainable so that if you have questions that you want to ask or you have segments maybe that you want done, you can easily get a hold of me and you can ask me. And I don't mind doing the research and the legwork so that I can give good, solid information. I always like to give good, solid information. And so that's why this podcast will probably focus mainly around 
bulimia, bipolar, borderline personality disorder, just because those are the ones that I've studied the most. Those are the ones that I know because they're me. Those are the ones that I have the most coping skills and tools and resources for because I've dealt with them firsthand. And that's another reason why I want to have guests on here because I want guests to be able to come on and talk about different types of mental health issues and their tools and tips and strategies that they use to cope in their story and how they deal with it in their everyday life. Again, most of my guests will be in the XYZ generation. Um, probably my mom would be the only person who I'd invite to be a guest who wasn't. And it's not to say I don't love the baby boomers, but this is about the urban the urban generations, and the urban generations are definitely XYZ. Um, I really hope that this is received in the right way, that people know it's coming from a place of humbleness, of um, self-exploration, of self-understanding. And again, this is like a form of therapy to me. Um, therapy doesn't really work for me. I've done individual therapy, I've done group therapy, and neither is really the right thing for me. And so this is kind of my next try at what could therapy look like. Well, if it can't be me in an office with a doctor, then maybe it can be me with my peers just kind of working through things and talking about things and going through the motions of life and how my mental health affects my, my life situations because it definitely does affect my relationships and sometimes it puts a strain on them. Um, a lot of times it puts a strain on them and it affects also the kind of people that I have relationships with. And so I think that I'm in a place in my life where I'm trying to have better relationships in my life with people who are more well-rounded and people who are more um, aware of themselves and the things that they do and why they do them. And so that meant a lot of cutting off of a lot of the relationships I had in my life. And that actually took a while. It took about two or three years to really rid myself of all the toxic people in my life. And then I kind of looked around and there was nobody. But that was because a lot of the people in my life had mental health issues and were not willing to accept that they have mental health issues. And so because of that, you can't be working on yourself and working on your mental health issues and be friends with people who are not. It just doesn't work, right? It, it's like self-sabotage almost. And so this podcast is kind of like a way for me to have relationships without having relationships, if that makes sense. And so I appreciate everybody who is going to listen and everybody who's going to tune in and everybody who's going to take something from this. I'm excited about that. I hope that this really becomes a tool not a tool. I hope that this podcast touches people and reminds them again that they are not alone. That, that That's the most um, important part of this for me, is that at least one person comes to see that they're not alone. And you're not fighting alone. And it's hard to fight, but to always remember that you are not fighting alone. And you can do it. And the more you do it, the better you do it. And that's just the way that it goes. And I'm going to wrap it up here because I think I've covered a lot of ground now. And I think we're ready to move on to episode number two. <laughs> I think that this is a great place to finish it. Um, 
And I'm just excited to explore the whole mental health umbrella with you guys. And I want to say thank you for tuning in. And I hope you tune in to the second episode. Everybody, this was Lola Bunny. And this is My Normal Isn't Yours. And that's okay. <laughs>